0: I've got the victory living inside of me. I got the greater war I can't overcome. This ain't no time to turn back. No place to grow back. I gotta keep pressing on till every battle is won. Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. You know, Jesus, the people he ministered to, he talked about their faith more than once. Sometimes he referred to people and said they had no faith. Sometimes he said, oh, you of little faith. And a few times he said, I hadn't seen faith this great in the whole country. Uh, Don't you want to be in that latter category, the great faith? Well, it doesn't just happen for no reason, but it's those that choose to believe. And then your faith uh, is with the heart man believes so the condition of your inner man affects your faith. You need to be built up. Just like your body has to be fed and nourished and used. It has to be it has to be some exercise or otherwise you won't have health and strength. Well, your faith's got to be fed and your faith's got to be used. And if you'll do those things, it will develop. Well, where could you feed your faith? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there's... Number of places God's provided, the Bible is number one. Read scripture on a regular basis and don't just read it like it's just history or religion. Before you start reading, say, Lord, quicken me with your holy word. Feed me, open my eyes to see things. And if you read it in faith, oh, you'll see something amazing every time and it'll minister to you. And then when you have the opportunity, don't doubt and fear. Choose to believe. Choose to obey. Father, all of us agree together as touching these things, asking you for the utterance, for the anointing, for the grace, the strength, the answers for now. And we purpose not to be hearers only, but to be doers. In Jesus' name, amen. Look please in Hebrews, the third chapter, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. Let's continue in our study that we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. Verse 7, he said, Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said... They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. He's saying, don't let that happen to you. In verse 19, it says, so we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. They thought it was the giant's. That kept them out. They thought it was the walled cities that kept them out. They uh, they thought it was their lack of uh, numbers, their lack of military training, their lack of uh, uh, equipment, and compared to the giants, how small they were. None of that was true. None of that was what kept them out of the plan and blessings of God. Are there any lessons for us today? Yes. Oh, there are. See, it's the enemy, if you'll listen, he will give you a thousand excuses why you can't have something, you can't be a part of something, you can't do something, you you don't have enough money, your job's not good enough, you don't have a job, not enough education, you don't have the right contacts, you're too young, you're too old. (laughs) I mean, the list just seems endless. And if you accept any of those things and go, well, you know, okay, I guess, I, you know, not for me, I can't have it. Well, it's it's not the too old, too young, not enough money that kept you out. It's just like here, unbelief is what robs people of the blessings of God and the plan of God. Somebody said out loud, not me. By the, grace of God, by the grace of God, I will not be robbed, I will not be robbed. by evil unbelief. By evil unbelief. Mm-mm. Nope, nope. We're going to go, we're going to be like that next generation and go on into the promised land. Is that right? And enjoy what God has given us. Go back to Numbers, if you would, the 16th chapter. We've been taking these cases that he is talking about here in Hebrews 3 one by one. And um, it, it, the first one we studied was at the Red Sea. And then by the time we got to number 10, which is in Numbers 14 in Kadesh Barnea, um, they had been you know, saying they're all going to die in the wilderness so many times until that's what the Lord said. You're going to have what you've been saying. And so this is after that. This is number 16, of course. And Korah, Dathan, and Abiram... And 250 princes in the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown, they all gathered themselves together, verse 3, against Moses and against Aaron. And they said to them, You take too much on you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord's among them. Why then do you lift up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord? When Moses heard it, he fell on his face. And he spoke to Korah and all his company and said, Tomorrow the Lord will show who are his and who is holy and will cause him to come near unto him. Even him who he has chosen will he cause to come near to him. Do you hear the language? Those whom he has chosen and those who are his and who are holy. We talked about in Acts how that Peter said, God made choice among us that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of God. That's a point of um, uh, honor that he's saying he had a right to stand up and say something because of God's choice with him and how he had used him. And so they are challenging that there are any uh, of God's choice and appointments and they said, all the congregation's holy. What do you mean? Why don't, Moses, why should you be uh, in a position over us to, to tell us what to do? You know the New Testament says that to, uh, to acknowledge and know those who are over you in the Lord, It uses that language to submit to those who are over you in the Lord. Uh, can you answer anybody that's over you, in the Lord? You know, a lot of people can't. They couldn't even give you a name. They go, oh, wow! Well, you know, we're all—all all of us are are, are the brethren and loved of the Lord. Yeah, but not everybody has the same place or call or leadership. And God has called apostles and prophets and, and pastors and 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 all manner of of leadership throughout the whole body and you you'll find that the anointing does things that humans can't do and that's one of the ways you can identify these calls i know uh, my father in the faith who was over me for many years decades kenneth hagen senior who's in heaven now um uh, i didn't know you know what lay ahead of us the the lord didn't show you the whole story he He'll show you enough to take a step. And then if you follow that, you'll find out the next step. And you keep taking steps, you'll wind up doing the plan of God. And um, I know with uh, talking about with him, I had only been, uh, I went to Ramah to the school there that the Lord used him to found, Kenneth Hagin. And I'd only been there a couple of months. And I was sitting there and he was preaching in healing school. And um, the Lord spoke to me, he said uh, three words, help Brother Hagin, help Brother Hagen." I didn't realize it, but that was Phyllis' and my directive for the next 20 years. <laughs> Had no idea. That, that We thought we were going to, to school there for a year, one year, and then going home, going back to our church, you know. Well, at the end of that year, we're getting ready to pack up and go home. And the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, you didn't ask me. I said, okay. Well, we talked to Phyllis and said, maybe we should ask. And the Lord made it clear, we should stay another year. So we thought, okay, we'll stay another year. Like I said, it turned into 20. (laughs) But did I need to know about year 20? Hadn't made it through year two yet, right? So, uh, that's how the Lord leads. He leads by faith. But we realized as time went on, you know, especially that uh, Brother Hagin and, and Miss Aretha, his wife, uh, they were over us spiritually. And one, one thing I noticed uh, early on, he would get up and just read uh, like he's reading this text, but he might read four or five verses or sometimes a whole chapter And while he's reading, just reading the chapter, no commentary on it yet, I'm getting revelation. He's just reading the chapter. And I realize, man, how do I get so much out of that? He's just reading it. It's the anointing. Hmm? It's not something he produced. It's not something he gave himself. It's the anointing. And you'll find things that minister to you, and bring you your answers, and help you, and strengthen you. That man didn't do that for you. That woman didn't do that for you. That's just a vessel. But you should respect that. Is that right? You should respect that and give that a place in your life that you're willing to listen to, receive from, and show respect for. Because in so doing, you're not just respecting flesh and blood. You're respecting the God who gave the anointing, who called, who appointed and anointed. And so they are saying, look, everybody's holy. All of us are the same. Why do you lift up yourselves? Well, Moses fell on his face and he told them, he said, "Uh, tomorrow, verse 5, the Lord's going to show whom he has chosen. So apparently God had chosen somebody, Mm -hmm. right? And everybody was not the same. (laughs) There are different ways to learn. Verse six, he said, take you censers, Korah, and all his company, and put fire therein, and put incense in them before the Lord to tomorrow, and it'll be that the man whom the Lord does choose, he will be holy. You take too much on you, you sons of Levi. They, see, that's what they accused him of. They said, you know, you, you've gone too far. You've uh, exalted yourself and and Moses said, and he's saying it by the word of the Lord. He said, no, you're the ones that have gone too far. And he he's telling them because they, they want to be in charge. Verse 8, Moses said to Korah, here I pray you, you sons of Levi... Does it seem like a small thing that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself to do service of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to minister to him? He's brought you near to him and all the brethren, the sons of Levi with you. And do you seek the priesthood also? For which cause both you and all the company are gathered together against the Lord? He said, that's why you're here. For which cause? That's why you're here. Is you want the priesthood. You want to take over. And he's telling them. You don't appreciate what God's given you. God could have used any of the other tribes and people. He picked you. He let you. And your family. Be the helps ministry. They were what we'd call the helps ministry today. And helps ministry. Is vitally important. Vitally important. I mean. And Especially as things develop and you got more going on and, and things get bigger, uh, I mean, one or two or ten or twenty people can't do it. you got to have help. And, and if it's going to be done right, you've got to have anointed help. Anointed help. Everybody say it out loud. The ministry of helps, ministry of helps. is an anointed ministry of God. An ministry of God. See, see, people tend to think because it has to do with a natural thing, that it's not so spiritual. This is a, a, a real common and a bad misconception that a lot of people have, that if they're not a preacher, then they don't need to be spiritual. So wrong, so bad. I don't know if you remember, but when God was giving instruction about how to make the tabernacle and the articles, he pointed out individuals that he had called to work with wood, called to work with fabric, to work with metal. He said, I've called them and have anointed them to do that. Mm -hmm. To do what? Work with fabrics. Work with wood. Work with metal. Uh, Every Christian, every believer is supposed to grow up and become spiritual. Every, Every Christian. And every Christian is supposed to pray and hear from God. And be led by the Spirit and have the manifestations of the Holy Spirit in their life. It's not not talking about being a preacher. Every believer and every believer is supposed to be led of the Lord as to what their occupation is. And what their job is or what their profession is. And they are to let God anoint them for that. God wants witnesses for him in every field. Is that right? Every field professionally, you know, doctors, lawyers, mechanics, technicians, IT, medical, you know, uh, transportation, truck drivers, uh, carpenters, electricians. God wants His light in His men and women in every one of these places, and He wants them Not to be carnal and and, and not ever pray or not feed on the word because they're not a preacher. He wants them to be spiritual. Is that right? Listening to him full of faith so that people around them see God in them and hear God coming out of them and see him doing things in their life. And you you do not want to despise what God has given to you. If you say, well, you know, all I do is this, you know, all I do is clean. What do you mean, all you do? Without you, this place is a mess. Is that right? Things get nasty and it's terrible. Cleaning's important. Is that right? Grounds work is important, especially when it's the things of God. Right? I mean, what did David say? He'd rather be a doorkeeper. Is that right? in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. It's like, you know, I'd rather uh, be working on the grounds for the Lord's thing than have the the finest penthouse and high rise or be in the executive suite. Why? Because those things are going to come to nothing in a short amount of time. Nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to care. But the things of God last forever. And if you had a part in doing something that helped accomplish the building of the church and, and, and functions of the church and the services and the preaching of the gospel, that brings eternal reward. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And you, the anointing on a person affects the environment around them. If you're full of faith, and full of the love of God and the peace of God and joy of God, and you're vacuuming the carpet. You're not only leaving clean, you're leaving peace. You're leaving a trail. You're leaving uh, an influence all around about you. How many of understand what I'm say, talking about when I say, just because you're not a preacher doesn't mean you're supposed to be carnal. You're supposed to be spiritual. Every believer is supposed to be spiritual. Every believer is supposed to pray and be led. And he is uh, he's questioning them. In verse uh, 9, notice that. Well, verse 8 and 9, he said to Korah, Here I pray you, you sons of Levi. Is it a small thing to you that the God of Israel has separated you? and brought you to himself to do the service of the tabernacle, they were doing what we would call physical labor. They would uh, set up the poles and put the stakes down and unfold the the tent curtains, and and they would get the wood and get the water, what you'd call uh, physical labor. But was it important? Well, the priests can't do their job without them doing their job. And and the other people in the congregation, they got their families and their herds and their flocks and their businesses and all that. But these people could give, they could dedicate themselves full time to the service of the sanctuary and the prep work for all the sacrifices and then the cleanup for all that. Is that important to God? But see, they didn't value it enough to be thankful. And I assure you, they were being remiss in their duties. That's why you say that? Because if you don't value it, you're going to get lax. You're going to get sloppy. You're going to let things go. You're not going to do things well. Uh, I know I came to a church some years ago, and uh, uh, I was so blessed by the way that they, they saw... Uh, the Helps Ministry. I mean, uh, uh, when I when I pulled up, I'm, I was the guest speaker, and and the door. I went to open the door. Somebody else opened it, and there were three people standing there smiling. Mm-hmm. And one of them said, "Can I take your coat? Can I take your Bible?" Can I take you this? I said, okay, okay. So they ushered me in to the speaker's room. I noticed this young man kept standing in the corner. Every time I'd look, he'd smile real big. And finally, I was there two or three days. And, and finally, uh, he, uh, he, when I looked at him again, he said, have you been to the restroom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, was it last night? He said, was it okay? I said, it was great. Nice. He said, that's my job. He said, That's a, I, I, keep, I keep them clean. He said, was it clean enough? I said, it's great. It was nice. <laughs> Is that good? Yes. Is that good? Sometimes people have acted like, you know, uh, that the ministers themselves are supposed to do all the work. Well, for one thing, you can't do all the work. And if you do too much of the natural thing, you're not ready to do the spiritual thing when it comes service time. Right? That was a little weak class. <laughs> I said, you know, your preacher... Your preacher that's going to preach, do you want them cutting grass and cleaning all day long, right up until service time? Or do you think maybe they ought to be praying? Maybe do some study. What do you think? Waiting on God. (laughs) Getting around. Yeah, but the grass needs to be cut. Huh? And things need to be clean and things need to be done. I'm saying God sees these ministries as valuable. As important. So much so, He calls people to do it, and He anoints people to do it. And that's, that's not just true concerning, let's say, custodial things, or cleaning, or, or upkeep, or maintenance. That same thing is true in every profession. There are people called to be physicians, just like I'm called to preach. There are people called to do other things in every other field. Why? God wants to anoint them. He wants his hand on them to do that so that he shows up. I mean, if if they're about to roll you into an ice-cold operating room and you're unconscious, Mm -hmm. and they're going to open you up and do some things, would you rather somebody who knows God, who is called and anointed, knows how to hear from God, somebody who believes the anointing of God is on their hands, huh, on their hands and on their, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Then some cussing, evil speaking, unbelieving individual that doesn't care, God wants his people in all walks of life. And the thing that's going to make such a big difference is if you value it. Instead of comparing yourself to other people and instead of even getting envious and saying, well, why can't I have that? Why can't I do that? And then the moment you start talking like that, being unthankful for your call and then being envious of somebody else's call, isn't that exactly what they did right here? Stopped being appreciative of their helps ministry and got their eyes on Moses and Aaron, and got to thinking about, the moment you do that, the enemy will come. He'll come and bring thoughts of strife, and thoughts of usurping, and these thoughts like, you could do that job. You could do that job just as good as Moses. Who does, is that truth or not? That's an absolute lie. I don't care how smart you think you are. Without the call and anointing of God, you cannot do that job. It's got nothing to do with intelligence or education or talent. You're the called or you're not. You're the anointed and graced or you're not. And Moses couldn't have done it himself. And it wasn't his call. He said, it wasn't my idea. And so the moment you stop being thankful for your call in place, didn't the scripture say that people comparing themselves among themselves are not wise? It's a foolish thing. Why? Because we're so different. Our calls are so different. We're so different as individuals. It's foolish to look at anybody else. Why couldn't we just say, thank God for them and thank God for mine? Right? I got a call. I can do something. And you'll find when you get in your call and your place, there's grace for it. That you have a grace and ability to do what you should be doing. That doesn't sound far-fetched. I mean... If you should be doing it and God knew you'd be doing it, that he put some grace in you when you were born and before you were born. and And when you begin to get into it, other people will notice and go, man, that's hard for me to do. Looks like it's easy for you to do. It just comes natural to you. Nah, it's not because you're so amazing. It's because God put grace in you to do it and you are beginning to find your place in grace. But it, it has to, to be coupled with thanksgiving. They stopped being thankful. The next thing you know, they're eyeing somebody else's call. They're envious of somebody else's place. Next thing you know, they're talking with other people behind their backs. And, and covert meetings about, uh, you know, let's get somebody else. And the thing is, all the time, Korah had himself in mind as a replacement for Moses or for Aaron. Everybody said out loud, I refuse, I refuse to, be to be envious or, or jealous, jealous of, anybody of anybody else. I should not compare I should not myself, myself, myself to anybody else. Anybody else. I, am I am thankful for what God has given me. Has given me. My, place, my place, my call, my, call. my anointing, my, anointing. My, abilities. my abilities. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you. Teach me, about Teach me about what you've called me to be, me to be and, do and do, and I'll rejoice in it. I'll, in it. I'll be thankful, I'll be thankful and, faithful and faithful in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. See, just doing that and having that kind of heart would have prevented this whole defiance and rebellion thing that happened here. Well, our time is up again today. Aren't you glad God is working things in you that'll protect you from getting off like this and also allow you to flourish in your place and be a blessing to many? Well, let's say it like we do sometimes. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I am strong in faith, giving glory to God. Yes, you are. We'll see you back here soon in Faith School. I've got a victory, living inside Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.